1: What's up, Rebels? Hope you're having a great day. We got Super Bowl champ Ben Watson on the Rebel Dads podcast today. You are going to love it. Great advice for the new dad from a great guy. Here he is, Ben Watson, on today's edition of Rebel Dads podcast on Rebel Parenting. Benjamin, thank you so much for taking time to be on the program. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Listen, I mean, you're on ESPN, you're on the NFL Network, uh, NFL Dads, One More, uh, The Kids Experience. You have so much going on. Listen, you're a Super Bowl champ. Why did you decide amidst all of that, all the responsibilities? You've got four kids, you've got a wife, a career, and you chose to write a book? That's a big undertaking.
2: Well, in short, because um, I'm obedient and my wife told me to so
0: uh <laughs> good man so, amen
2: so, as, we, as we always say you know the man is the head but the wife is the neck and she can turn us whichever way we want to go so yeah. uh my wife said my wife said that um you know after about our third kid our second or third kid she said benjamin you should write a handbook for dads mm. just telling them you know week by week month by month how to prepare for the baby how to uh, best support uh, the mother of their child, you know, what to buy, when to buy it, what not to buy, mm. what to expect when they go to the OB appointment, you should write a handbook. And so a couple of years later we get around to this book and obviously it's grown a little bit more into the new best playbook, but that's kind of the idea. And, And then on the other side, you know, being in a locker room, uh, Mm. finishing my 13th year in the NFL, I'm around guys all the time. For the last 13 years, 80 or so guys on the team. And these conversations happen all the time. You know, I'm around guys who are having their first child or maybe their second or third, and they're asking me questions because I'm kind of like the old man now. Um, (laughs) Because I'm, (laughs) I'm, um, you know, past 35, you know, they they, they treat me like that. But they ask me, you know, I'm about to have a baby. What do I do? I, I'm not prepared for this. And so sure. my hope was with, with this book, um, really just to uh, to engage the young men and, and maybe older men and, um, and encourage them and empower them when it comes to fatherhood.
1: Absolutely. Benjamin, I have a great role model for a dad. And... Even with that, the first time they put Lincoln into my arms, I felt as helpless as I've ever felt in my entire life. I just thought, I know I'm gonna mess it up. There's no chance I'm gonna do a good job at this. Where did you learn all this stuff? Where did you learn to be such a great dad? I mean, so much so that guys in locker room are coming to you going, man, I don't know what to do. And that your wife is saying, listen, nobody knows what to do, you gotta write a playbook on this. How did you learn these things?
2: Well, the first step is being honest because I felt exactly the same way, mm-hmm. and I had a great father. He was there, was present. Um, you know, as we talked about offline. You know, my, my mom read a lot of your father's books, and <laughs> um, there's a lot. There's a, there's a lot when it came to uh, parenting that I learned from my parents. But it's it's one thing to learn; it's another thing to be responsible for yeah. when you're given that child. For sure. Um, and there's a great there's a great responsibility there. So um, I learned very quickly that. Um, you learn a lot through trial and error. You're not going to be a perfect parent, mm. and even though you had great parents, your parents didn't perfect you, didn't parent you perfectly either. Mm. Um, they made mistakes as well. Uh, and so part of um, you know the book is, is is technical. There's a lot of research in there when it comes to um, just the power of a dad in a child's life statistically, and what that means for the child moving forward. There's stuff in there as I mentioned before about. Um, creating a birth plan and what type of options you have when it comes to, um, natural childbirth, birth, medi- birth medicated, um, verse, uh, you know, having a doula or, you know, all these words that, that guys had never heard of. And yeah. You're speaking
0: a woman's guys. language so, right there, Benjamin.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Until somebody tells you I'm pregnant and then all of a sudden you need to know all these things. And so yeah. a lot of the information yeah. has been gathered over the course of the last few years and, Um, and a lot of research as well, and just taking from the questions that I get asked.
1: I love that, and you normalize it too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many words that guys have never heard before, and then you start feeling like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. You start questioning yourself and your ability, and that can cause problems. It can cause problems in your marriage. It can cause problems with your kids. And you've done something unique because there are so many books out there for women. You know what to expect when you're expecting <laughs> yeah. your baby's first year. Happiest baby on the block. There's so many things geared towards moms. There really aren't very many geared towards dads.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I want this to be somewhat like a, of what to expect and you're expecting for guys. Um, well, what
0: would you say to the young man who's a- His first time expecting. Yeah, you got a guy
1: in the locker room and he's like, I just found out my girlfriend's pregnant or my wife is pregnant. What do I do? What What do you you say? Yeah.
2: Well, I just had this conversation, ironically, literally two weeks ago, about a week ago with a young man. um, One of the, I guess he's maybe in the start of fourth year. And he said, man, my girlfriend is two months pregnant. I heard you wrote a book. Um, I'm going to get it. (laughs) And I said, I'm going to get it. Well, Well, three days later, he comes back in. He's like, man... I don't even read a whole lot of books, but I've been reading this book. I'm on chapter six and I'm realizing that I'm doing a lot of stuff wrong mm. and I'm so thankful oh. for this. Um, and we had a conversation. And so, oh. you know, when, when guys tell me when it comes up that they're about to have a baby for the first time, no matter what the situation is, a lot of it, a lot of times it happens in a less than ideal circumstance. But mm. I, I told them that they have a vital role mm. in that life, that they are needed. and They're also needed. In the mother's life, right now, to this process, um, yeah. women can many times feel like they're on an island, uh, right. even when they are married. But especially if they're if they're not married and the guy is across the country, mm. you can feel like you're in an island. You're mm. experiencing all these things alone. Yeah. Um, it's important that even during this time, you are building the nest that your child is going to be put in, and so the relationship that you foster with the mother. Is of vital importance when mm-hmm. it comes to you wanting to be a good dad. So, the number one thing I tell them is look, you have what it takes, no matter what you've seen before, <laughs> what's been demonstrated to you, good yeah. or bad.
0: Yeah. Well, no what matter what it. story they're making up, they still have what it takes. That's
2: right. Hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I love how throughout the book you keep encouraging guys to step up and to take care of their wives and to get involved in that relationship. What are some of those uh, practical advice things you do when when maybe it is you are on the road, but when you're back, how do you get involved in your wife's life while she's pregnant? How do you take care of those needs?
2: Well, it starts with listening. It starts with listening. Uh, Men are naturally fixers. We want to go in and and, and solve everything. Uh, When my wife tells me she has a migraine, she tells me, um, you know, her, her hips are hurting, her back is hurting. I want to, I want to just fix it immediately. And and that's good. You know, God created us that way, but sometimes we need to listen. Sometimes they're not looking for a response from us. They just want someone to empathize and to hear what they're going through, to hear some of their insecurities or hear some of the pain that they're having. So the number one thing to do is listen and also to be flexible. You may have to do some things during the pregnancy that you may not normally do. A lot of guys cook anyway. They do a lot of cooking.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't do a lot of cooking. I do some grilling. I don't cook a lot in the kitchen, but you know, when my wife has been pregnant, it's been times where like, look, she's upstairs not feeling well. Uh, Benjamin, you got to turn into Chef Boy (laughs) RD and pull out some recipes.
1: That's right. And and start
2: cooking and doing doing some different things. And so, um, you know, there has to be an ebb and flow and all that comes with the communication, the honesty, the expectations that are set, understanding that, um, You know at this at this point especially early in the pregnancy where as you know she may not be feeling herself at all um, Mm -hmm. you may need to step into some roles maybe you haven't seen before
0: don't go anywhere we'll be right back with more rebel parenting
1: hey rebels this portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy and that's my story I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle. And a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carry me all the way to fruition and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat. Over 6,000 babies have been saved on stork buses. Please support Save the Storks with your prayers and visit savethestorks.com to become a monthly sponsor. Join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life. For more information, visit savethestorks.com.
0: Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? I want to ask you a question you talked about in your book, It Made Us Laugh, um, that you had to be away for uh, ten straight days. You had two back-to-back games out on the West Coast. Can you share with our listeners what happened?
2: Yeah, well, I was playing in New England. This was 2008 season. Um, our first child, Grace, was born in January of 2009. Her due date was actually Super Bowl Sunday, February Ooh. 2nd, 2009. <laughs> and that was the one year that was a one year in New England we didn't make the playoffs, although we were 11-5, and five, so um, it worked out. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but we were playing late late in the year. My wife, Kirsten, was about nine months pregnant. I think we were playing in Seattle against the Seahawks and then staying out on the West Coast and then playing in the Oakland, I believe. Mm. And I scored a touchdown in Seattle. I knew she was watching back home in Boston. Mm I grabbed in front of the TV camera and put the ball under my shirt as if I was pregnant and kind of rubbed it and it just pointed to the sky and rubbed it at the camera. I knew she was watching. It's kind of me saying, Hey, I love you. I think you're pregnant, you know, that sort of thing. Well, first child, well, if you ever get a FedEx envelope in the NFL on Wednesday, then it's never a good thing. If Mm. you go to your locker and there's a FedEx envelope, that means you got (laughs) fined. You're busted. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so I was fined, um, ten thousand dollars for Ooh. using football, for using the football as a prop.
0: Oh, baby daddy.
2: <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I, I appeal I appealed the decision and they reduced it once I explained what it was. They they cut it in half but but still, you know, it was an expensive gesture. I'm glad I did it, but I haven't done that again with the last five four kids that we've had since then. I'm sure
1: is it, is it true you did frame that fine?
2: Yes, we frame,
1: I framed the, uh, the letter, actually,
2: the, the fine letter. Um, and uh, we've moved two times since then, so my daughter doesn't have it in her room right now, but we still have it somewhere. But
1: nice. really, that,
2: that, that was probably one of the only football-related items that, I, that we've actually put up on the wall. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That.
1: I wanna find, when I was in junior high, I got suspended for talking too much in class, and I get paid to do that now, so I really wanna find that and frame that, and put it in my office someday. <laughs>
2: There you go. Yeah. There you go. You've spoken to your destiny. Definitely. (laughs)
1: Definitely. Benjamin, we have noticed throughout our time interviewing at rebel parenting that sexual brokenness is a big issue in marriages. Pornography is huge and uh, infidelity is huge and, uh, intimacy is one of our big topics here how do you talk to guys about that process while your wife is pregnant i mean there's so many Mm -hmm. old wives tales and myths and and stories and guys can you know they can be confused and it's hard to talk to other men about that what are the things you share with guys to make your wife still feel special and cherished sexy all those kinds of things
2: Hmm. of course um you know, I know you're familiar with the book, The Five Love Languages, but, yeah. but that that book right there, just that idea of love languages is, is of vital importance, especially when it comes to pregnancy. Because at that time, statistics show, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, there is infidelity, there's, there's mistrust, um, there's a feeling of being vulnerable a lot of times on the woman's part because her body is changing, am I still attractive? all those things. And then on the guy's side, I remember having conversations uh, with, with teammates who, you know, for the first trimester, their sexual life wasn't what it was, mm-hmm. but they always say, hey, wait till the second trimester it's on and popping. Right. So right. it changes from time to time. Um, and I write about that, just that each trimester with each person can, with each pregnancy can be different. You mm-hmm. just don't know. And sometimes intimacy in our idea, um, many times in a man's idea is strictly about physical intimacy.
0: Mm-hmm. that's yes.
2: about sex but but yeah. what you do learn is that phys- the intimacy encompasses a lot more than that there is spiritual intimacy that you can um foster during this time that you should be fostering anyway as you both seek mm-hmm. um guide during this process there's there's as i mentioned before there's the, the there's the um the words of affirmation mm-hmm. there's the physical touch you know that's not that's non-sexual yes um there's yeah. You know, there's obviously uh, acts of service. You know, maybe your wife is one that says, you know what? I feel closest to you when you go and you clean, you do things around this house. There's gifts. Some women just love, they feel loved when you bring them small gifts that you've actually thought of. Mm -hmm. And it's something that they, they really want that will help them out. And so. Um, when guys, you know, come and talk about that, and, and usually it's always one side It's like, man, she don't want to have sex. You know, that's what they say. <laughs> right, right, right. And so that, that exactly. And, and and so the first thing I say is, well, I, I I don't know. Clearly, she wanted to do it with you once, so she'll probably do it again. You may just have to wait a little bit. Yeah. And then we talk about the other ways to foster intimacy. And one thing my wife said, um, I was actually sitting in bed and, and we were going through the chapter in the book that talks about. Um, sexual intimacy, and she was saying, make sure you tell them that we will let you know when we want to have sex <laughs> when we are pregnant. That, that 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 women have an uncanny ability to many times do things for us that they may not feel like doing at the time, but that they will be willing to do and that they will do for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing how as you go in your relationship, you will kind of ebb and flow with each other and you'll know when those times are right. But you have to be ready for, for things to be a little bit different during this time than they have been prior. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure, for sure, sure. Absolutely. Benjamin, what are you hearing from the guys that are reading the book? You know, it's out there, people are reading, they're coming back to you. Are you getting stories back from guys that it's making a difference in their lives?
2: Yeah, one guy told me, he said, man, I read something in the book that you said not to say. And I wasn't sure what he was talking about. I think it was maybe something about the size of her, belly or something like that and he was like and i realized i just said that the other day and (laughs) Mm -hmm. i shouldn't have and by her response i really know i shouldn't have oh yeah (laughs) uh, one guy was like man i've been doing this all along then i had a then i had a teammate who came to me he read the book he just had a first child not too long ago and um he mentioned you know it's giving me some ideas uh, about making sure my wife and i keep our relationship a priority during this time when the baby's home and we're both exhausted when the zombie stage and all those sorts of things, about mm-hmm. trying to create a date night um, and staying consistent with it, or maybe some other things that he wanted to do with her. Um, and I talk about that a little bit about, you know, as, as you go and you add kids to the mix um, it's very important that your relationship be the priority mm-hmm. in the house. You know, yeah. the husband wife bond needs to be the preeminent relationship uh, as far as the, the, the personal relationships in the house, even over the kids, because number one, that's the one that's going to last the longest. Number two, that sets the temperature for the household, how yeah. mommy and daddy are doing with each other. And,
1: and, yeah, that's and it's the great thermostat for the kids for sure. to see
2: that demonstrated.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. We exactly. say that here too. If you want your kids to have a good marriage, model a good marriage. Don't if you want have kids to be physically marriage. healthy, you should be physically healthy.
0: So invest in your marriage.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: um, I wanted to ask you, what would you say to maybe the dad who's out there that's already feeling like, man, I missed the boat, my kids are like 10 and 15, I didn't show up, feeling disconnected and not really knowing what steps to take, how, how would you encourage him?
2: Well, I, I would say the same thing to the young guy, you know, mm-hmm. it's not too late, you have what it takes.
0: Oh, perfect.
2: Um, you know, some, so, sometimes it's harder once time has gone on and you realize, man, I've missed a decade of their life. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't don't receive me. And I would say that, you know, of course, Satan wants you to feel that way because his number one goal would be to destroy a family. Yes. And to not allow a family to get back intact and have reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, he would love that. And so the guilt that you're experiencing, the the the, um, the idea that, you know, your kids aren't going to want to let you back in. Um, those are all tactics to keep you away. Yeah. Uh, kids have an amazing ability to be resilient and to recover and to mm-hmm. allow you back in if you're genuine. They mm-hmm. also understand that they have to protect themselves. So there may be space for you to repent. You may need to go to your children, to your to your wife or to their mother if you're not married and, and, and repent. Mm-hmm. Family. Mm-hmm. You know, I messed up. I was wrong. I was a different person then. I want to change. Ask yeah. for forgiveness and those things may take time, but your family is worth it. And even if you missed part of it, part of the time, and there's some things you wanted to do better, um, it, it's never it's never too late, because your impact um, is immeasurable, um, being the father um, that God would have you to be.
0: Oh, I love the hope and the stand that you're taking for this generation. Just thank
1: you for your encouraging words.
2: Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you for what you're doing to family as
1: well. Oh, my goodness. We love it. The book is called The New Dad's Playbook, gearing up for the biggest game of your life. Benjamin, thank you so much for being on Rebel Parenting. What an amazing amount of wisdom you're sharing, and we appreciate it so much.
2: Thank you, guys, for having me. we will talk to you again sometime. We'd love, We'd love it. Love God it.
1: bless. Have a good year. Thanks for listening, Rebels. We appreciate you. God bless. Hope you're having a great week. Thanks also to our sponsor, the Voice of the Martyrs. Persecution.com is their website, helping those being persecuted for our gospel for more than 50 years around the world. Persecution.com to find out more.
0: Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to four 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 nine nine nine. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.